Hey guys, it's Gary Vaynerchuk, and this is the Gary V Audio Experience. Guys, say hello to my friend Jess. So, thanks guys uh, for hanging. Um, so, I asked, I, I emailed Jess the other day, I was like, hey, if you come through to New York, I'd love to do a fireside chat with the company. I want to do more of these with you guys and I couldn't have thought of a better guest. Obviously, we, I, we got to know each other quite a bit filming Planet of the Apps, but I've always known from afar and we ran into each other in a couple nonprofit events through the years of how you know, impressive of an operator and an entrepreneur and a thinker about uh, marketing and media and business just uh, has been for quite a long time. Obviously, she had real fame before that world and so, uh, I don't think a lot of people you know, that are paying attention realize it and then I got to really see it on display from a business chop standpoint on the show. Obviously the show was very real, like we were critiquing businesses and asking questions and yeah. um, I really enjoyed it and, and I'm just extremely fond of her. So one more time, please clap it up for somebody. So I think I'm gonna ask a couple questions. Uh, and then I think we'll open it up to some questions and then we'll all go on our merry way. So, first and foremost, Jess, when, when did you start thinking about or, or realize that you had business interests? Hmm. I think I always approached my career, even when I was 12 and I started acting, I was like, what's the long game? Like, how do I stay relevant? And how do I become a real player? And how am I gonna be meaningful? Um, and so I, w- I was always pretty strategic in the way that I approached my career. Um, and I thought of myself as a brand before it was a thing to think of yourself as a brand. I was always really cognizant that anything that I associated myself with was gonna be reflective of how people thought of me. Yep. And, uh, and I protected that for a long time. Um, and when I decided to, to launch my own brand, um, I really feel like all of that um, thought uh, really got channeled in, in the best way. I didn't know what, what the outcome would be, but I was certainly very aware of being protective of, of my image from day one. So on that note, and actually remember this from a conversation now, let's dig a little bit deeper. Was there ever a role that you really jockeyed for and were strategic for, or was there anything that CAA and those characters were pushing you hard to do that you passed on based on this thesis? Yeah. Tell us. Both. (laughs) So I never got to really show my chops as a real dramatic actress when I was young because I wouldn't show my boobs. Um, All the good roles were sexy time and I was like, I, for whatever reason, I felt like when I was young, it would just be um, exploited in a way and out of my control in a way that I felt wouldn't be great for my my brand before Mm -hmm. I really articulated it that way. Um, and I also grew up Catholic and Christian and I couldn't ever deal with my dad 
seeing me do that. Dad, so, that's no, true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, I, you know, I like the guilt and the things and the weirdness. And so, like, that played into it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely took more um, or passed up on a lot of opportunities that would have positioned me as an actress in Hollywood in a different way, um, maybe in a more serious way. But on the flip side, um, I went the route of wanting to be global, wanting to... Um, so is that like superhero time? Like is that yeah, that? Yeah, I wanted to, I looked at the marketplace and I was like, what are the things that go global? And it was um, superhero franchises, um, action. Um, it, was, it was pre-horror and it was pre-rom-com. Um, being global and so rom-com was to make you like America's Sweetheart but it really didn't extend beyond that but you can get a decent payday and you can be the face of a beauty brand fine or you can transcend that uh, the girl stuff and you can go into boyland and you can do you know action hero and I wanted to be an action hero so I went because you wanted to collect yourself as an action figure or well yeah (laughs) (laughs) of course I have a few. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, I've been many action figures over the years. Um, and I started with a TV show that I did with James Cameron called Dark Angel. I was actually offered... Oh, we um, remember. <laughs> I was 17, and I was like, if I don't get like a role by the time I'm 18, that's going to really uh, make me feel comfortable with choosing this as a path. Uh, as a career, then I'm going to go to school and and get a degree and have like a, a real job. And so really, you, at that point in your career, you were like, okay. So between 16 and 18, I gave myself two years to really kind of figure out if this was supposed to be my path in life. And I was offered um, a role in Fast and the Furious, and I was off, also offered the starring role of James Cameron's first TV show after he did, or his first... Um, project after Titanic, and um, and I, you know, I took the James Cameron one, um, and uh, and then from there I was like, all right, I guess this is these are the stars aligning, telling me that I should maybe maybe I should do this for a living. Um, so yeah, from there I just thought strategically about how to maintain that um, global awareness. And, um, and I didn't want to be the girl to the guy that put asses in seats. I wanted to be the girl that put asses in seats. And the way to do that was with action franchises at the time, so. Very cool. And so how do you think about it now? Like, are you out? You gonna act again? Like, where are you, where are you in your life? It's your... tough, like, I really haven't focused on this business for nine years. Has um, it been that, really? It's been a long time. When you say that, what does that mean? It's been nine years since what? Since I really cared about like it. that, <laughs> okay. Well, Since you no, put like all, my yeah. Focus, I, I, so but I you've got, done stuff, right? Yeah, but like I got pregnant and I had a kid at 27. I got pregnant at 26 and, and had her at 27. And um, I'd been working for so long at that point. I've been working since I was 12, um, and and hardcore really since I was 17. So it was like a solid 10 years of not having a personal life. Yep and not really having any life outside of working, you know, 90 hour weeks often. 
Um, so I didn't sleep much, and I worked a lot, and it was a blessing because it was a dream come true. But then when I actually sat in one place for the first time, and I had like a person like rowing in my stomach, and I was like, oh my goodness, like she's going to rely on me to like stay alive. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. <laughs> How am I going to do that? Um, so then my, my perspective just shifted on like what it means to, you know, have the luck to be alive and to, to have your health and, and to want to, um, I don't know, operate with a different sense of purpose. Yeah, Nate, right over there in the pink shirt, Nathan, excuse me, he freaked out when he found out that the odds of being a human are 400 trillion to one. That happened to him in LA when we were filming. So he, he feels that same feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so, so talk about the early days of the business, right? You know, it's such a big business now. Like all of you should, I don't know if you take visitors, but you should all visit the office, it's amazing. Um, what, you know, it's just growing up so in such a big way. Obviously, we've worked with Unilever and Johnson Johnson, and, and it gets brought up all the time. And it's so crazy, right? Because you're we're like the little engine that could. that's fine. But you, you're you work with but, like yes, the but giants. but they're all scared, right? And they're all aware, and they're all impressed. And I think, look, it gets compounded, right? Like, I think that you know, it's just so impressive to watch you build something so real and so big, and, and compete at the at a global scale over, and, and just, and what's interesting is you're going into a different chapter, right? You guys were this digital native brand and now it's just getting bigger and bigger. And like, when we, channel, yeah, yeah and, and, and it's happening here, right? Like they know, like I'm like, we're not 25 people anymore, right? And so like, you, you change. And so, but you don't change in, in spirit, you just look differently at 12 and 17 and 26 and what have you. How are you thinking about the business? Like what, what's, uh, what's exciting, what's interesting? What, give us a quick little update. I think what's interesting about life in general, and it's, it's something that I guess I only really came to when I got older, was I decided at some point that as, as right as I ever thought I was when I was 18, telling my parents all the thoughts in the world about how things should be, and I had all the opinions and said all the things, um, I never wanted to be the same person 10 years from then. And, uh, and as a company, um, you know, five years ago, we were a very different company. And we've grown up. And I hope five years from now, we will be even more grown up. Now, having wisdom doesn't mean that you should um, not have life and spirit. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't be open and still try and learn and change and evolve. Um, it just means that you have, hopefully, the wisdom to not make the same mistake more than two or three times. Because um, it just really blows saying the same mistake over blows. Um, but yeah, like we're an omni-channel brand as far as distribution goes. Um, our model has changed a bit. We are in more verticals, um, more expansive as far as like... You're hardcore in the beauty thing now, right? Yeah, we're in beauty. Um, we're launching cleaning at the um, end of the year. Uh, we started primarily in baby and personal care and basic cleaning, but we're really like going uh, deep in verticals where we know we can win and where people have asked us to, to play in. Um, and we've 
really kind of evolved into a health and wellness company. Like at the end of the day, a company that puts human health first, no matter what category we go into, um, it, it really doesn't matter. And education is as important as the products that we make. And just you know, being able to empower people with the knowledge to make better choices, to me, is the ultimate mission. So talk to me about, so this, this company started from social, right? Um, talk to me about your personal social media behaviors. How do you roll? Do you create like fake accounts and troll people? You're a character, so I know something weird could come out no, here. I try to do that, I, I really try to do that because I feel like I have an alter ego. And I try to have like, you know, my like, social media alter ego that's like a little bit naughty. Really? Um, but I, like, I couldn't do it. It was like too much work. And um, So do you have it? Do you use anything? No, I use all I, I use all the things. But I I started on Twitter. That was my first. Yep. That was my first account, and then I went to Facebook, um, and then Instagram, and, and then snap? Snapchat. Yeah, and Pinterest around the time of Instagram. Um, I I have to say, like, whenever I'm going through a transition in my life or something new is happening, like have a new office or got a new house or doing making over a room like I pin my life away really yeah it's funny how it's um it's not like as consistent as like a snapchat or an instagram but it's much more like maniacal. utility when you actually need it but it's like intense like it's you're like, into it's it it's like way too much time you like pin the fuck out of pinterest pin the fuck out of my life <laughs> I love this I don't even know what's wrong with my brain right now <laughs> but yeah so I'm like and where are you most active day to day right now? Um, I'm on Instagram and Snapchat. Um, and, and is your public profile that has the millions and millions of people following the one that you actually use? Yeah, yeah, that's. Um, and so how do you get through all the noise, like creeper dudes, like Trouty? <laughs> Yes. Then block him. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> He's clearly been blocked. He's like so red. So red. So red. This is the greatest moment in this company's history. Period. Um, Got it. So you just kind of just navigate through it. Yeah, I just, I, I, I should actually be a little bit more strategic with social media, but for some reason I'm not. And I don't like know to post at, you know, the better time of the day to post right. is at this time. And you should post this type of content versus that type of, yep. like, I don't. You're just rolling I don't it. follow the I get rules. it, I get I it. Just, like, You're doing your I, thing. If I'm, do, if I'm making matcha and I'm so inspired, you know I'm yep. gonna do a little video Something. of my matcha. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my life. Or if I'm like into my new kicks, right. you're gonna see a photo of I love them. it, it's good. So. What, so why don't you tell everybody here a little bit about Planet of the Apps. How did that go? How, you know, was that fun? How do you think it went? I thought I was great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you guys know this about him, but all he did was scream. <laughs> <laughs> they actually had to bring our mics like our voices up to match your screen level. <laughs> 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 Level. But seriously, was was it interesting? Like, how'd it go for you? Uh, it was a lot of work. It was. It was like stressful because I don't know. I mean, when you're 
when you're thinking or running your own company, like you don't stop thinking about it, and you know how important it is to you, and it is, it is I mean, it's your it life. Is, it's your life, and uh, come, you know, it doesn't matter what gets in the way. You're going to figure out how to like push through and make things happen, and when things don't happen the way that you want them to to happen, you're devastated. Yeah, that and, was not the that, that's like, like when we didn't pick them. That was. So hard. Bad. It's horrible. But but some of them deserved the it because the company sucked. <laughs> That's true. But the problem is, is, in their minds, they don't know that they suck. Well, yeah, we've all seen they, American they, Idol, and the person's like, "I'm the greatest singer of all time," and then they like no, rip our ears like, off it our still bodies. Doesn't like you know it hurts them as much as it hurts. Yeah, no, for sure. You know, like there's like a very human thing there, and so you don't want to devastate them to the point of them not wanting to continue, but at the same time, well, will, if something like this devastates them that much, then, then they had no shot. Had That's no exactly shot right. Anyway. And Will wouldn't allow them to be devastated because every time they didn't make it through, he ran down, hugged them, and gave them his cell number and decided to be best friends with him. Um, so let's flip it. Are you can please? Yes, much better. Uh, what about your media consumption? Are What shows are you watching podcasts you're listening to? What, you like them? Yeah. So are you consuming any shows? Wait, what are your songs? Oh, uh, Star, Wars. Star Wars. Yeah. I like mm-hmm. yeah. X-Wing 5. Oh, sorry. Yep. What shows am I watching? Yes. Um, Big Little Lies. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hands so, in the air. <laughs> Let's go. It's like a telenovela with a lot of white people. Yep. <laughs> like all the drama. Yep. It's like really good. It's good? Yeah. Okay. It's really good. What else? Um, hmm. So I haven't finished the OA. Don't ruin it for me. You don't have to. It's just like, <laughs> it's like my brain. It just like, it gives me anxiety. And it's like the late night watch of the thing that's going to make your heart beat fast. Hi, Pierre. Um, my friend Pierre, he, hey, Pierre, his family made macarons. You know macarons, the French little oh, thing. Yeah. Oh, he, he gets mad. Macarons, you have to say it like a thing. Um, anyway, so let's clap there. it up for him. <laughs> What's that? Um, and what else? What, else, what do you watch? I don't know. Nothing. You're, <laughs> this you is true. Uh, yes. <laughs> That's exactly right. You nailed it. You pretty much nailed it. Uh, I'm really not watching anything, but but that's because I I am already working. Oh, do you see the? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yes, it was an important documentary. He's all the thirteenth. He's what? He's all the thirteenth. You saw that documentary, right? Nope. Oh, Jesus. But I do love documentaries, and if I consume anything, it's normally that, but I haven't seen it. You need to see it. Okay. It's important. Okay, I'm in. It's, it actually really matters. I'm, I'm going to leave right now. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about, what about sports? Your dad is a hardcore Rams fan, which I respect, because yeah. they're not good either. No. <laughs> um, did you ever have a... What, the Jets are going to go 0-16 this year, so just getting mentally prepared. Anything with you with sports at this point? Um, like when the Lakers are good, you're a bandwagon fan? Um, you know, I, so my husband grew up 
um, with Baron Davis, and so yep, I know that. we would we were fans of whatever Clips. team he was on. Mm-hmm. Knicks um, for a few minutes. Uh, Knicks for a little bit, and um, Clippers, and then Golden State. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like you know, if you know the people who are playing, then you feel more invested. So, like that's so. Whenever I go to a game, and I'm like, hey, what's up? Like that's fun. Um, I bet. But I haven't gone to games in a while. Okay. But they're very tall. Um, tall. Yep. And very good at all the like. It's like special. Like you would never be able to play basketball. Nope. For me, no, but not anything against you. No. Listen. Like, somewhere around some, fourth grade was when I realized I was more likely to own the Jets than to play for them. That's the punchline. Okay. I'm not taking it. All right. Let's do some questions. Who's got one? Oh wait, I have one. Good. Yeah. Do your thing. Um, so we did a collaboration with the MLB. Do you like baseball? Oh yeah, I do. I just had my fantasy baseball draft. Stats, are you here? All right, stand up. So everybody boo stats. He's my main competitor this year in fantasy baseball, but he didn't draft very well, so I'm feeling confident. So we did uh, a collaboration with MLB, and we did diapers that I saw. Have I saw them in your office. Six designs. Red Sox. Super cute. Yanks. Cardinals. Um, Cubs. Uh, Knicks. Cubs. Knicks or basketball? Uh, sorry, not Knicks. <laughs> uh, you Mets. Not the Mets. Yankees. Yankees. We said Dodgers. Dodgers. And the Jet. Uh, Giants. Why do San I Francisco. Do you? Jets. I love it. Because you've been affected. You've been There's affected. Jets everywhere. All right, questions. Yes. Here, grab this. And we have a mic over there, and we can go loud too if we have to. Go ahead. Hi. Hi. So, say your name. I'm Hassan. Nice to meet you. Hi. So, Honest Beauty landed at Target last week. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, with the brand moving from specialty to mass retail, What's your vision for it for the next five years in terms of growth? So here's this weird thing. Because I don't come from traditional, you know, CPG or beauty background, I don't I never understood that like the way that people perceive your brand or the integrity of your brand or whatever is based off of distribution and not price point or the quality of your ingredients. It literally 100% has to do with distribution, but now that distribution has all been flipped on its head with every DC business and with all of these online retailers who are like taking people's lunch and more people who are like, give me an excuse to leave my house and go into your door. I just feel like this is a transitional time and I more than ever just want to make sure that my products are in people's hands and that our, my brand is um, showcased in the best way. And so I don't really have a bias as to where I'm distributed. I just want it to have really great partners and I want it to be done the right way. Jess is doing something super rad. She's doing like Target Tuesdays? Target Tuesdays, I'm going into um, random targets. I'm finding random people and I'm giving them makeovers on the spot on Facebook. So everybody, next Tuesday, you're allowed to be off, pick a random target, and hold your breath. And so I, today I did two makeovers on Tuesday. Did they lose their shit? And so here, like, I was like nervous, like, what if they're gonna go, like, not like it? Or like, what if they're gonna say no to me? And sometimes they might not know who you are, right? Yeah, I mean, there's like four course. of those people. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And they might be like, why are you touching my face? Like, I don't know. And? Um, and they, and it was they loved well. it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. 
All right, who else has got a question? Dante, get up here, baby. That was awesome. Dante, that was what you were, you. yeah, you brought it. Um, so I work in the influencer department here, um, and I'm sure you know we've seen posts you know, from kind of big influential individuals, people with many followers. How do you think that has contributed to the growth of your business on social, um, just having those type of people speaking about, uh, about your brand? I think influencers are tricky. I actually feel like the, the influencers that have the like most followers maybe aren't as trusted as people who have like a few thousand or uh, in the high hundreds. Um, because to me it's like the people who have that authentic engagement and have that like rabid fan base is more um, the people that are going to affect change versus someone who's just so giant because because they're pitching products every day, is your thought? Or, or because they're just part of a machine and most of the people that are following them are bots and we know that that whole thing can be gained. Um, I was never one of those people. I never bought any of my followers and I do everything myself and I, there's no agency or other people that do, you know. Your my, engagement. My engagement, but also it was like, for me to be honest, why I'm so, uh, involved in my online persona is because I felt like my entire career I was in someone else's hands. So whether it was Fox's hand, the Hollywood or machine, the, you know, the the machine of the production company Paramount or Sony or whoever, and how they wanted to market me, or the publication that wanted to do the interview of me. I was this version for the GQ uh, reader, and I was that version for the Seventeen magazine reader, and I was that version for the People magazine reader, and no part of it was really me. So It was pieces. For the first time, I really got to tell my story, and I got to be real, and I got to have that direct relationship um, with myself and, and have control over you know, well, you who I am. The exact quote, the exact way to the end user. Yeah, and I never got to do that before, and so that's why I care about it so much, and that's why I've been so involved. And yeah, Rob. Um, I, I think that is uh, kind of an interesting segue into uh, what I'm curious about, which is you've obviously invested so much of your personal brand into the honest company, and you're like super proud of that. You feel like that's kind of your most authentic self. Uh, does it frustrate you if people would still say like, oh yeah, like if tonight someone went home and said, I, I saw Jessica Alba, the actress, mm -hmm. um, or, or would you feel like, you know, that's just part of your broader story? Before you answer, I just want to make sure the other offices that are watching. So the question that Ram is asking is, you know, if somebody went home tonight and said, oh, I saw Jessica Alba, the actress, you've put so much time and effort in building this business and yourself into it. I guess the question is, do you, would she be you know, frustrated being identified as that? I guess it depends on the context. In the beginning probably more, right? No, it really depends on the context. I mean, if people know me more from one thing versus another, I can't expect them to not uh, know me for that. And I'm grateful that um, I was given the opportunity to have the career in entertainment that I that I got to have. I actually miss acting. <laughs> so weird. We need some pe we need some people for some of our videos. So <laughs> I'll do it. Great. <laughs> Booked. My husband's always like, really? 
<laughs> so you'll probably, do you think that means you'll probably do it? I, I you know, I don't like, know. Like do you think about 71 year old you, like acting? Here's the thing, here's the thing when, you're, when you're acting, like you can always do it. And it's in your, you, you only stop doing it when you are like, all right, I never want to play that. Right, role. it's not like an NBA player, right? Like no, you've got you that window. Have, you don't have an expiration date. Now, will you always be get, you know, get the, same, the yep. same money or will you still be the ingenue for the rest of your life? No. But do you get to evolve into different, more meteor, different types of people? Sure. Right, you could be like a funny grandma. Yeah, I'm like the funniest grandma. <laughs> um, so, so I, I just, I miss it, I do. Do I care if people think of me as an actress? It depends on the context. If someone's just trying to um, be mean-spirited and um, take away what I've built, then sure, it, it hurts my feelings. I am a sensitive person. Um, but if someone just doesn't really know me from anything else, then I'm like, That's the reality. Right, that's cool. Good. <laughs> Anybody else? Hi. Yep, great, hey, Lise. Hi. Um, what brings you the most joy? Would you say it's your acting or do you say it's your business venture? Or something else? Oh, I, I probably have like an unhealthy relationship with acting. It's like the boyfriend has never really let into you. Tell me more. <laughs> it's exactly like Gary. <laughs> Not look over my shoulder. It's always interested in what's going on. It's true. Where's the camera? Um, Yeah, I I I have to say though, as far as like legacy and all seriousness and and personal fulfillment, I've never I never even I, I never thought that I would be able to have such a full life. Uh, and being an entrepreneur and being able to create a company and create a vision and create solutions for people that's, that have really transformed their lives and also to um, watch people really grow up in their, in their own lives and their own careers and watch personal development on such an intimate level. Because prior to this, I would spend a lot of time with strangers for about four months, and then I'd never see them again. But the time that I spent with them was every day, all day and night. And it was the best. And it was the best. And you create those, like, some really intimate relationships quickly, but then they go away, and and it was so fleeting. But there's something so permanent about going into the office every day, and I see the same people that I saw five years ago, and I see who they are today versus who they were when they walked in five years ago, and that's so dope, just to see how people evolve and to have those personal connections. Love that. Yep. Rebecca, you can come up to the mic. Oh, you got you got one? Go ahead. Hey, Arnie. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, so I know you've done a lot of really cool work, uh, specifically with kids. Um, what's the most powerful experience that you've had um, in helping kids and how has that impacted the choices that you make in your life? Wow. <laughs> yeah, no, this is like a loaded question because I feel like I 100% 
have dedicated my life in a weird way to helping kids. And this is the first time I actually kind of thought about it that way. But um, Dude. <laughs> this is huge. <laughs> I was a really sick kid when I was younger. And I wanted to literally anything would be better than to be sick and to be in the hospital and to have surgery. And I had multiple surgeries and multiple health problems. And I just, I literally just wanted to be anyone else, which is why I wanted to be an actor. Because it was like a way for that to actually be real, as real as it can be. And certainly to be a superhero um, and be larger than life. Because I was like, they can overcome anything. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, from helping, being able to provide families with, um, Products is one thing, but even just like basic essentials, um, you know, infant mortality is a huge issue in this country, and a lot of babies um, get suffocated while they're sleeping because parents can't provide a safe place for them to sleep. And we did an initiative where we provided, um, and we still have an ongoing thing. I'm on the board of this organization called Baby to Baby, and and one of our big initiatives is to give. Um, families uh, a safe place for their for their new baby to sleep so that they never have to worry about that and that's like a real thing and um, and that's incredibly meaningful um, I also got the opportunity to go to Africa with Bono and um, Queen Rania around the World Cup to fight for um, education reform a global education fund so that every person had access um, to a comprehensive education, and most people who don't have access are women. Um, and so that is incredibly meaningful, and being able to give girls an opportunity to just empower themselves to get themselves out of the situation that they don't want to be in, and, and change um, their family's life and their own life. And so there's, there's been a lot of these um, circumstances, but um, yeah, I'm very, just thinking about it, it's, very cool because I don't often get to, um, but probably raising my own little stinkers <laughs> has uh, probably been the most meaningful, but being able to um, be part of so much change and, and it's, it's, it's scary and weird and crazy as our country feels right now with um, certain political things. Um, I feel like there's enough of us out there that, um, walk with integrity and care about the right things and we're going to continue to, to be progressive in how we operate and that will always win. Awesome. Be careful now. One of my favorite CEOs of all time is here, Jim Kiltz, who is the CEO of Nabisco, Kraft, and Gillette. We're going to, so this is a real opportunity for you to make an impact. <laughs> On him. <laughs> um, I think the thing that I have learned um, that no one told me, it's sort of like being a parent, like no one tells you what you're really in for um, as far as uh, the sleepless nights and you'll never not worry again thing that happens. Um, in business, you never under, underestimate your gut. Um, there's a lot that you can learn, right, in school or through experience and making mistakes, but 
trusting your gut and knowing when you don't, knowing what you don't know is just as important as knowing what you do know. And being able to have the humility to support what you don't know with experts and other people to fill those gaps um, and, and trusting your gut. Love it. Go ahead. Here, uh, grab this. Mic. Yeah. I don't need a mic. It's Go ahead. Fine. But no they need it. <laughs> Um, hi, my name is Tatiana. Um, I'm Caribbean American, I'm Latina, so my question is going to be related to that. I think um, today it's exciting to see representation and recognition both on screen and off where there wasn't always. Yeah. Um, that being said, it hasn't always been easy, and I think um, especially with today's political climate, what I would love to know is um, what advice you have for young Latina entrepreneurs that are looking to build businesses and be successful, um, if you face any specific challenges or advantages in that respect. Um, uh, advantages, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have to be, oh, why guy? Yeah. If you want advantages in the world. <laughs> I mean, that's just the way it is. Um, it helps if you're tall and good looking too. Um, but, you know, being a, a girl who's just trying to figure it out and doesn't, you know, for me, I'm just talking from my own experience, I never had um, a traditional or conventional background or education, um, nor did I have nepotism that got me to where I'm at, and I literally had to pay my own way and I had to figure it out and um, and create that path and have the vision for myself and it was almost the naysayers that drove me to prove them wrong um, and also like when you don't have anywhere to go but up there's something there's there's almost like something nice about that because people don't expect you to fail because they don't think you're capable of doing anything more than nothing and so then there's even more like of a fire to prove them that right? you can um, and that you can make a difference. What can you do? Um, I think you have to first really figure out what it is you're trying to do in the world. How are you, how are you going to be different? Look at the competitive landscape, be very realistic with yourself and uh, make sure that you have a very unique um, proposition or perspective or point of view because if you're just a me too company why why do it i think the one thing i would add just i'll jump into this one because i love it so much i think the one thing that true entrepreneurs need to realize is that the market doesn't care let me tell you one great thing about the market like it, you know it it wants to make money Right, do I think some VCs may say, you don't look the part, no, sure, but I've got a news alert. I don't usually invest in white affluent dudes from good families because I don't think they have a chip on their shoulder. So I'm playing the reverse. And the truth is, I've been wrong and I've been right. So I think the one great, if you're a purebred entrepreneur, you realize you're getting punched in the fucking mouth 24 seven, 365 anyway. The market is the market. And, and if you dwell on what you are and why you're not winning because of that, you would have never had a, it's no different than the people we said you no to. Be, sorry, you Please. can't, you can't be a victim of circumstance. And it's, it's sort of like blaming your parents 
It's like, yeah, right. Um, everyone has a history, and you can blame your parents until you're blue in the face. But if you only work on, like, focus on that, you'll never get over it and be an adult and, and figure your own life out. Um, and by the way, your parents are just trying to do the best they could, and there's no manual, which I learned later in life. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you just, I think if I would have started The Honest Company when I wanted to start, it would have been too early. And actually having three years of projection, um, it gave me the armor to take on actually getting funding and starting the company and taking all of the punches and all in my face and my eyes and my ear and my nose that constantly came at me. And still um, do every and day. And still do every day, of course. Um, but I have more like calluses and so I can like take it differently than I could have. We'll, we'll sneak in two quick ones, sorry, just Pam. Hey, I'm Pamela, thank you again for being here. Um, my question's a little bit more about um, the blend of your personal life and your professional life and what a typical day looks like for you, um, if there is a typical day. And then um, if you have any rules of thumb or tips and ways that you keep your friendships alive, your relationship and your family time kind of protected and also have time for passion projects in your job. Does it look like I have it all figured out? Because <laughs> I really don't. <laughs> I'm always, every day, just trying to do the best I can. No two days are the same. I'm constantly trying to create routines because I feel like that's good. And everything that I've read about successful people is it, they start early. I hate waking up early. It like hurts my, all of my feelings. <laughs> and every time I wake up early, it's just like, why me? Um, but I've read so much that successful people, I feel like you start early. Yeah, uh, you do. I, I'm not, it's not early or late. It's, uh, for me, it's just, maximizing when I'm awake. Like people are always like, how much do you sleep thinking I'm gonna say three or four? Like I'm dying to get six or seven because I think it's healthy. Yeah, it's just it. that I'm fucking on all 18 hours right. when I'm awake, right? Yeah. He is. <laughs> oh, they know. <laughs> um, I, I wish I figured out the secret sauce. I don't know. Um, I have friends that I was really close with at certain periods of time and now we're not and now I have other friends that I'm really close with and I kind of give myself a break. <laughs> 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 um, and so I, I just think that if you could not think of um, the pressure of like society of who you need to be and you're just really true with who you are and know that you're trying to do the best you can, you can kind of just figure it out. That's my theory. It's probably wrong. It's so um, but I, I, I wish I was better at like waking up early and eating healthy and exercising and calling my mom. Like I'm just not good at stuff. Um, but I'm good at, at like being with my kids and telling them about things and then um, when they yell at me enough about the same thing over and over again, I can sometimes say like, okay, you're right. I'm probably doing the wrong thing and try to Try to do better next time. Hi, my name is Jermaine. Uh, my question is more around entrepreneurship. What are your top three factors that inspired you to become an entrepreneur? And what order would you rate those three factors? Three factors that inspired me to be an entrepreneur. Um, 
social justice was my big one. I felt like it was completely unfair that only people who lived in um, a certain tax bracket deserved to have a better life and had access to not just better products, um, but more education to make better choices. And so um, I would say that's one, two, and three. Um, and I went and lobbied for um, chemical reform and tried to work at that angle, and I got nowhere. Um, and they made it a partisan issue, and it's a human health issue. And when you're like, this is just like a civil right. People should just know what's in stuff and how it's going to affect their health, and the fact that the government won't protect us, someone needs to go out there and prove that people want this, and people will vote with their with their wallets. Always. And that's that's what that's what really drove me every day, and that's what still drives me. Jess, thank you so much for stopping by. Yeah, I love you. Hey guys, I hope you really enjoyed this episode of the Gary Vee Experience. Now go out and share this, pass it on, let me know what you thought.